I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. Today's tremendous episode was with the beautiful and intelligent and inspiring Miss Gabby Reese. Gabby is one of, really mean that, she's one of the most inspiring females, humans that I've come across. Um, she is a retired professional volleyball player, uh, fashion model, author, uh, all sorts of amazing things. This conversation was specifically to extract some nuggets for the upcoming book. And um, so it is over the phone. I apologize for the audio quality. It is the lowest of the audio qualities that we've had on the podcast probably um, with one of the most intriguing people. So it's an interesting juxtaposition there. Um, So I hope you appreciate the conversation and I just didn't want to, for the conversation to go to waste. So we're posting it reluctantly. Uh, I just wanted you guys to to, uh, hear some of the nuggets that Gabby had. So just imagine it is like, you are eavesdropping in a conversation between Gabby and I. Um, thank you so much for tuning to the website, alignpodcast.com, A-L-I-G-N podcast.com. I highly recommend folks jump on and start the five-day movement challenge. It's super simple. It's five simple videos and it breaks down some of the fundamentals that I think are invaluable to your daily movement practice. Um, thank you to Four Sigmatic for supporting this podcast. I really love the guys. It's Four Sigmatic, guys and girls, human beings at Four Sigmatic. Uh, they are a tremendous group of individuals, and the product is, I think it's one of maybe the highest quality mushroom product. Not the psilocybin version or psychedelic version, but uh, all the other versions. So reishi and chaga and cordyceps and all that good stuff. I use it daily. I've been using it daily for the last probably couple of years. And we get you guys a little discount. So you can jump on to forcingmatic.com. And if you use the align code, you will get a it's either 10 or 15% discount. One of the two. You definitely get a discount. Um, so jump on there. Use the align code and support those guys. Get some mushrooms in you. I highly recommend starting off with the reishi for before bed. If you're having sleep issues, get on the reishi train. I think it's really good stuff. Calming the nervous system. Good for immunity. Good for all the good things for you. And we have a gift from the folks at Four Sigmatic. If you read or if you leave us a review and I read it, we will send you out a box of something. Reach out to me at Align Podcast on Instagram and we'll get you a box of something from Four Sigmatic. This comes from In Defense of the Thread Flip. I don't know what that means, but that's that's their name. Uh, fun, informative, fascinating. Love this podcast. Great guests and interesting interviews where Aaron always asks the questions we are dying to hear you answers to. Thanks for that. In Defense of Thread Flip. That is your name on there. So curious. Uh, so reach out at Align Podcast on the Instagram, and we'll sort you out. Thanks so much for people for grabbing the Align Method online program, sorting out that posture getting your movement practice on and thanks for people grabbing the line band love the reviews on that uh all right here we go back to the podcast with gabby reese align podcast beautiful uh well so for starters you grew up in st thomas virgin island yeah i mean the lion's share of my youth i grew up in the yeah in the, in the caribbean mm-hmm. so i'm curious the impact that had on you as a as an athlete and as a person like was there 
uh, a difference, a contrast of the, the way that a person would move growing up in the Virgin Islands compared to, say, like, you know, New Jersey, someplace in standard typical uh, American movement here? Well, okay, first of all, I mean, I think there's a couple parts of that. I think it was a different time. So, you know, I think just the nature in general, people were, um, you know, there was there was less, let's say, distractions. Your parents told you to go out and play and come home at dinner. So I think that generationally, wherever you live, whether it's, you know, Vermont or the Bahamas, it was sort of that was one part. I think um, I live because it was warm all year round. That certainly encourages you to um, explore, be outside. It was very beautiful. There was levels of it that were pretty safe. Um, but but quite frankly, I think, you know, growing up on an island impacted my development first as a person um, and my perspective and, and, and kind of your value system. And then later, quite frankly, maybe I just grew up moving around and being in the water and things like that. But then um, it wasn't until I, I sort of got shipped out of there, if you will, um, in 11th grade that I, I had a, I developed a relationship with organized sports, which is certainly different than movement. And that's actually when I started to kind of go, oh, wait, um, you know, maybe I'm an athlete. Yeah. Well, it's like, I, I think it might be David Epstein's book, The Sports Gene, where he gets into, it might be another one, but I believe that's the one where they get into like the specialization of children or of athletes too early on. And yep. so they, they start off, is, is that the one, you're, you're familiar with that topic, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I always, because I, you see that now with kids, that they start them so early, and then by the time they're like 11 or 12, it's like they just do one thing, and then they're hanging out with a type of athlete, and they have these repetitive patterns, and I know yeah. it's competitive, but it just seems, I don't know, like in the long run, is that better? Yeah, yeah, and so as a kid, I mean, you're not only are you building your that your internal matrix from an emotional or from a physical level but also from an emotional level and it's all tied together you know so then we're isolating one specific practice we get this short kind of hockey stick curve of like benefit but then the long term we're kind of missing all these other angles and so have you with your own kids is that something you've paid attention to absolutely i um and and actually i say i paid attention to to it so much that i ignored it in the way that it's like um, it almost was like a non-entity where, you, you know, we, my kids, my one, my middle daughter, my oldest daughter was into paddling and, and some water stuff. And then my middle daughter, actually at 15 right now, um, is just now said, I'd like to focus more on tennis. So she was doing jujitsu and other things as well. And I'm comfortable with that. Um, and then my youngest, you know, she's doing, a, she's only 11, so she's doing a bunch of different things. And, and this is what I say about that is I'm my kid's mother. I'm not their coach. And yeah. so I'm, I'm like, listen, I, I appreciate champions in that, in that sense, that definition of the world's definition. But I, I'm just hoping as a parent to help create champion people. And it doesn't mean, you know, highly accomplished or um, prayed people. It's people who can understand how to make themselves 
feel good, who, if they have a passion that they know how to pursue that, they, they can have healthy relationships with people. Um, cause that's my job. Like I'm not their coach. So right. I, I look at it really different. I find that when people come from athletics, it sort of goes one of two ways, right? They either, it's like just either that's the way it's going to be or they go the other way cause they're not living through the kids. Yeah. Is there any way that you kind of set your home up in such a way to provide more opportunity for, for movement or, or, or wellness in general for you and your family? You mean the actual home itself or the, the, actual, the overall tone of the the house? Both, whichever, however way that hits you. Well, you know, our, our home in California is certainly set up for movement. We have a big pool um, in the back and people come, friends come three days a week and do pool training and, and heat nights. And then at the bottom of that house, we have a, a full gym. Um, but, you know, for me, gym doesn't equate movement for ki- for young young people. But um, I would say, you know, and, and listen, we have the good fortune of living in natural place, more natural places. So it's enticing. Right. You know, it's hard if it's like, hustle and bustle and it's cold and you live on the third, you know, the 13th floor. I, I totally can appreciate how that's harder. So it's more like Laird and I trying to be examples and, and it would never be about something. The other thing of it is, is in a way we, ne- we try not to force our kids so that they don't equate that as a punishment. Right. Um, and, and I actually feel like we have to be more sensitive because, they're like, oh, my parents, you know, like they're they're training and like they're nuts, and so we're going to go the other way because that's what young people are supposed to do, right? Like go do something different than your folks. So this is actually something I'm hoping they incorporate in their lifestyle. Um, and they do. They'll pop in the pool and jump around. It's never by command. It's only always an open invitation. And, um, you know, they go and adventure, especially if we're, in, you know, in Hawaii and, and uh, my middle daughter, Laird, will drop jet skis in, in the river for her and she can go down and explore the coast and, and do stuff. But I have the same struggles as any other parent, though. I'm battling the devices. I'm battling. When you're, when you're, when you start going through hardcore puberty, you kind of want to relax. Right. You know, it's like you want you wouldn't mind sitting around and like hanging out with your friends and now they've got phones that have, you know, every kind of source of entertainment right at their fingertips. So I also understand that as well. I mean, because if you think about it, human beings inherently, most of us, it's like we are meant to kind of be a little bit lazy. So um, I just think it's people who put systems in place to go, you know, I just feel better if I move. No, most people aren't going like can't wait to train. I mean, so it's like trying to have the combination of knowing there's sort of no way around it. It's part of being a human organism, but then yeah. seeing it from their side, like, yeah, I'd like to sit on the couch too, you know? Yeah. Have you ever heard of a, a significant number of like the world's really high achievers end up losing a parent early on in their life or have some type of trauma to kind of put them into a place of like, you know, take it however you want, like perhaps like the world's not safe. From an early age, oh, well, and then all of a sudden there's this need to go, go, go. Have you ever thought about that? Um, well, I always say because people, you know, if I do interviews and people are like, oh, and, and you know, you did this and you planned ahead and there and there and your success. And I go, yes, and let's not forget the most important part of my success is fear. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like let's not pretend 
that uh, the 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 major impact in my life was, you know, an unstable childhood. And I was like, okay, nobody's going to pull it for me. I have to pull it for myself. What are the tools and skills or gifts that I have that might be special or unique to me? And what can I do with those? I mean, the only reason I'm thinking that way is because I'm trying to navigate out of something. Um, So that's always a real predicament. Because then you work really hard to say or say, like, I'm going to have this, you know, safe and clean and somewhat predictable environment to raise my children. And then now you're, you're faced with either they don't have enough tension on them um, and, and you're so revved up and your, map, your brain is mapped hardwired so hardcore for that sharp end of the stick and you they so you add that as an expectation you have for your children and their brain's not getting hardwired that way so you know these these are ongoing lessons that um i don't think anyone's figured out i've talked to many many parents and you, uh oh go on sorry no, and, and I'm just, it's sort of like that is the million-dollar question. Unless you have a kid that when they came out and they arrived, they were just in hardcore. Like every once in a while, you see it doesn't matter where they come from, how they're born, they just come out and they're driven and they're gnarly and that's fine. But it is, it's really an ongoing struggle. Yeah. Do you, have you come to terms or relationship with the, the kind of like the fear, to use the same words that you're using, that – from your childhood or does there still feel like there's like a fire kind of driving you from uh-huh. that? That's a, that's a good question. I feel like, you know, as you, like you get older and you, and you're, I mean, you hope that one would say like, okay, could I be better? And you know, what things are serving me and what things should I try to get, you know, let go of traits. Um, and I'd say that it's, it, you know, it certainly peaks its head up, uh, from time to time, um, but I tried to really say, can I be inspired and motivated from a place of desire or positivity? Or if you have these opportunities, can you show how much you appreciate them by not only taking care of them, but by working really hard and using that as a source of motivation versus you know, I want to keep the lights on and uh, I want to make sure I have stability, which is all really an illusion anyway. And that's, I, I think that that's what starts to happen is you live long enough. And if you're really honest with yourself, it's like, you know, this is, this, there's a lot of pretend and, and stuff going on. So why am I attaching to all this, you know, all these things or stories that are 30 years old? It's like, yeah, my childhood was more than 30 years ago. And so, why am I attaching to these old stories and making those sources of my motivation today? seems silly. So these are things that you're always trying to tweak and work on and, and, and free yourself from so you can be uh, maybe more of who you're, who you are supposed to be beyond like, Oh, I'm a higher achiever and I'm successful. Yes. But who are you supposed, who are you supposed to be? And that's what's become more interesting to me you know, over the years, especially parenting, because parenting will humble you out and you will go through things and you will be sort of brought down to your knees, I think. And you got to really look at it. 
<laughs> is there any standout lessons that you've gathered from parenting in relation to bringing you to your knees or humbling you? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I have three daughters, so where do you want to start? Um, you know, listen, I I think there's a couple things. I think you think, oh, I'm going to do everything right, whatever that means, and I'm going to get to avoid all these things, or I'm going to have my children be able to avoid it, and things are going to happen to your family or to your children, um, or they're going to go through things that you don't want and you wouldn't want for them. And uh, that is very, very difficult, Um, and it's difficult to face, and it's difficult to – and then how do you grow from it and not make it about you because it's not about you, actually, in some weird way? And the other thing – I'll tell you a really important thing that I learned from one of my daughters. Well, I've learned many things from all of them, but one time she said to me – she was 13 at the time, and she was closing the door, and we had been going – she had been going through some stuff for a little bit, and – we were talking, and, and uh, she said, you know, uh, what might be really easy for you is not easy for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I can hear that, you know, because we're not objective as parents. And the other thing that I – something else that has stood out is we do develop tools and skills that are, are like, great for us, right? We, we, we become successful based on some of them we accomplish we get acknowledged we get praised for certain traits and then you move into relationships or parenting and uh, I've always said like you liking it I liken it to washing the windows with your hammer it's like I'm really good with a hammer but I have realized and recognized in parenting I've had to develop other skills because those were not working well for some of my children or one or something like that. And that is really humbling because you're like, no, but this is like my go-to. Yeah. And um, and that's why I always joke, I understand why parents go, well, this is how we do it in this house because it's easier. It's easier to say that because then you don't have to look at it. But if you're like, I'm like 40, you know, now I'm 49, but it's like you're in your 40s and you're having to deconstruct yourself and go, okay, so what's, what are you going to do? Like, what, like, are you going to do the same thing over and over, or are you going to try to do it different? And it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. I wonder how your perspective on the word success has changed over the years. Because I feel like most people, we kind of have, when you hear successful, generally, we think like, you know, they either won some trophy or their business was, was you know, made a lot of money. But then a lot of those people, like the Robin Williamses of the world, or, you know, that's like they're the pinnacle of what everyone considers success. But then internally, there's there's still all this turmoil. Is your perspective on what success is? Has that shifted all over the years? You know, it has, but I never was, I never, because I was always the survival mode kind of person and I come from an island, um, you never, when you grow up on an island, you're not like, oh, I'm going to be, I mean, it might be different now because we're so connected to the whole world, but you never like, I'm going to be somebody. That's never (laughs) part of your definition of success. You're like, I don't know, I'll probably work in a restaurant or a gift shop and I'll live. And so, um, and this is actually where Laird and I really intersect quite a bit, is we never, I never, even at 18, living in New York and modeling and doing that, I never was wooed by any of that, even notoriety or, you know. um, but, But to your point, my definition of success continues to evolve, but it's always been pretty simple. I've never been... 
And I think that's protected me in the long run because as your career goes up and down, um, it's actually really helpful to um, to not be attached to these other things as, as your success because, you know, some of it's out of your hands. So you start going, well, like, do I have a strong work ethic? And do I, do I sort of respect who I'm trying to be or who I actively am? Um, and then, you know, do I have, a pl- you know, a place I like. That's been a big thing for me is is having the luxury to live in places that I want to live in and with people that I want to be with. Like that is a huge success because then I feel like, oh, yeah, I'm living by my code. And I, I just remember that being very clear when I was young. Like, hey, these people that are around me, I appreciate them and respect them, but I, I wouldn't choose to do it this way, and I'm not going to do it this way. And then as an adult, very early, by 18 or 19, I was living the way I thought I wanted to be living. And so that, for me, was like success, um, but not like accumulation and yellow diamonds. And that's never really been a thing for me. Having choices, like if you go, hey, I want to work on this project, and you sort of can somehow make that happen or with the people you want to work with, pretty successful um you know i have a partner that i i am excited about and that i really enjoy pretty successful i'm overall pretty healthy i'd like to be a little more flexible but um you know that's my ongoing thing so and then you know quite frankly you get exposed to a lot of people in the world really famous really wealthy and it's pretty clear that's not the answer Yeah. Um, how is for you? So I just been finishing up or editing a chapter that's all about uh, how posture affects your personality and how you know emotions stored in your tissue. And I wonder for you, growing up, be you were probably like the tallest girl in school, I'd imagine. Right. Tallest person, like the tallest person. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was kicking person, but I don't want to offend you. <laughs> but you well, I mean, probably... I was. Six, I was one of definitely the tallest. Like, four people in my school and I was six three at fifteen. So I was six feet at twelve years old. So at some point I was probably you know yeah, one so, of the taller people in the so, in the zone. So I wonder how that how your stature at a young age affected the way that you think and feel about yourself and how it was how like what the process of gaining a relationship with your body was. You know, when you're young and you're different, because we're all different, we just have our ways that we're different. Um, yeah. It's not easy. I I personally never actually, like if the outside world didn't exist, I never felt uncomfortable about my height. Um, I have a very tall mother. She's all of like <laughs> half an inch shorter than I am. Um, but what was interesting was that you got stared at wherever you went. And as a young woman, that's pretty uncomfortable. Um, Obviously, it was the easy card for kids to pick on with me. And so I had to make peace with that. And I had to make peace with, you're never going to fit in and be like everyone else, meaning, you know, 5'6", a size 2, with a size 7 foot. You're never going to fit into other clothes. You're never going to find shoes to fit. And so really early, and, and this has nothing to do with, I just think I'm hardwired this way. I'm not interested in tormenting myself. So even really young, I was like, wow, I'm uncomfortable. But 
I'm definitely not going to punish myself. Well, and that you carried that into modeling as well. You maintained that. Well, yeah, and then it also, I think something else that maybe I've learned later, and I'm not sure if it's been a combination of events, like one being married to somebody who has, at times, they're in the public eye. Um, you actually don't mind, like, you've had people stare at you your whole life, forget, like, versions of notoriety, forget that, just people staring at you, like, you go somewhere and people stare at you, yeah. and you sort of go, um, okay, like, I, that's okay, too, but then you go, I, I'm, I will also be okay, because I've also been in layered shadow at times, like, I can go places, and it's sort of like, I'm behind, and that's okay, too. And, and you know, sometimes it's like we want to be noticed. We want to stand out. And then you realize, like, this this is all like a charade and a weird game. And so you better figure out yourself, create your own compass about how you feel. And um, it's okay whether they stare at you or, and, and, or they don't. How do you feel? And so, um, but, yeah, it was, super, it was definitely awkward. I mean, awkward. Um, and you know, people comment. It's like, you know, really, like even now, people. Because I'm, I'm six three. You know, it's like you go places, and guys are like, "Wow, you're really huge." It's like, like if you have somebody who's listening to this and they have something that makes them different, you know what? Lucky you, because. That's just part of who you are, and uh, and then the flip side is this is just the avatar I'm in, and uh, I'm about a lot of other things too. So I think it's it's that you know both. Yeah, you mentioned that in your in your book, I think about um, like polarities and relationships and the feminine, the value of actually being able being comfortable enough with yourself to kind of be in like a submissive role yeah. and kind of play like the like the nurturer, and it, I feel like yeah. a lot of it's it's like a weird time for relationships, I think. <laughs> We're like oh confused God. on roles. <laughs> well, you know, I've been, we've been, Laird and I have been doing a, a lot of interviews lately, and it's been interesting because I I I feel like I'm, I'm I I depict the picture of a decently strong female, yeah. um, and and I'm also trying to develop the traits of you know, internal strength as well, whether it's in relationships or business or what have you, like real strength, not just like, oh, I wish stuff. And um, and I and I keep always coming back to the mightiest thing we can do is serve other people, whether it's our family, our neighborhood, our community. And within that, our culture, and understandably, right, like the pendulum Swung maybe certain ways, and now it's over being it's over or over correcting, if you will. Um, but you know, for me, it's like you know, even manners. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's like somehow that doesn't that holds very little value in the everyday conversation of like a simple hello, good morning, and thank you. For me, you know, being strong, being kind, trying to walk through life with some, some grace of sorts. Um, I find these really powerful. And, and uh, I think what we need to disseminate the message down is 
you know, uh, lies, the truth, and dishonesty. But, okay, that's pretty clear. Um, if somebody doesn't act to somebody against somebody that doesn't want that, then it's, you know, that's wrong. So there's a version of right and wrong, even though I, I know there's gray, but still. And, and uh, you know, abuse of power. Okay, these things are, we can all agree that these are not good. And then there's sort of people who are behaving, making, they're behaving badly. But I think to just blast one whole gender um, I think it's, we, we need to shift it and talk about the values and the behavior and not isolate it only to the genders because um, then I think we're, we're kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, and that's unfair because now we've got a group of men that are confused, they're unsure, um, and there's so many beautiful traits that men and being masculine um, and that... It, it, that is wonderful, and that actually a lot of women want. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear oh. me? Oh, oh, I, I lost, I lost you for a second. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you but I, a, I, a lot, I, of, a lot of women want is where I lost you. I mean, listen, I, 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 I mean, I, I don't want to have a husband that I I enjoy marriage masculinity. It is so, and the level of masculinity is so very different than mine and certain skill sets that he possesses naturally through either the environment he grew up in and that feel like they are very male behaviors. So that's the other thing is still trying to identify biology Um. So it's just it's trying to 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 blend and 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 let's take the good stuff from both. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's not. But I think I. I mean, sometimes I'm like, wow, I have three daughters, but I can't imagine like trying to raise a boy now. And it's like, I mean, I mean, this might be overly simplistic, but it's even like with Laird, like I've never been more respected by any male in my life. But also, I don't always want Laird to ask permission. Right. Like, like, I know that's, like, a more advanced sort of part of a relationship, but I don't want it to be like, so would it be okay if, you know, like, a kiss you? It's like, uh, wah, wah. Like, that's yeah. over. You know, like, that's yeah, over. now, no. But <laughs> a second ago, yeah, absolutely. Like, minutes, like, there's certain things, like, but having said that, it's because he also has all the other traits. You know, right. it's like... He cherishes me. He protects me. He loves me. But then, conversely, it's like, you know, there's things, whether it's primally, sexually, whatever, that I want. Once he, like, I find once he knows I'm comfortable, it's like, okay. So that, that unfortunately, that is that those little nuanced things have gotten because you've had people using them and abusing them and they've been in positions of power and, you know, and if they've done, you know, if there's the worst is if anything, you know, violence because typically men are physically stronger than women and, and yes, there are certain women that are more powerful than certain men, but typically. Um, so this is where it got all, you know, jumbled up and, um and it's and it's a it's a bummer, but I I feel like it it might shake out. 
you um we're already we're past the the time that we had had uh, allotted for the for this talk. So um, is it okay if I just ask you one like super quick question? Yeah, I'm I'm totally fine. You okay. whatever you need. Um, you don't have to. Cool. Um, so I I was curious in relation for something specific for the book is, is when you are feeling really stressed. Um, is there any like go tos that you revert to to kind of downregulate your nervous system to use unnecessary words to calm down? Yeah, well, there's there's a couple. I mean, one, honestly, quite frankly, is I just use my experience as a template to remind me, like, really, you know, like having been around. Um, but I use the breathing quite a bit. I'll do some box mm-hmm. breathing and yeah. or, you know, a couple minutes where the exhale is at least seven to eight seconds so I can downregulate. Right. Um, but I, I mean, one would hope, right, and I'm, I don't always get there, but that as we – live each year a little longer that we use we don't use the past as to dictate what the future will be but that we do learn from it so we we respond better when these situations arrive so that is what i try to do um but without sort of saying well the last time it came out like this it's like okay well that was you know but it's just it's sort of going like it, Okay, when you worry through the middle of your sleep in the night, did anything, was anything different? Like, okay, get a journal, write it down, go to bed. It'll be there tomorrow. Uh, And Larry has always said this to me because he lives, he has a more robust faith about things. Like, he just does. I'm much more of an analytical. And um, he always says to me, you know, Gabby, it's going to be okay. And then he goes, and then he looks at me and he always goes, and it is okay. And I'm like, yep. Because it's just a couple things, right? It's like, uh, you know, your health, my health, the kids' health, the friend's health. We're not getting bombed. Like, it's all going to be okay. And uh, what are we really talking about? And and um, And see the things that don't serve that. Like, be clear. Like, when I deal with, like, 95 emails in a day, and 17 texts and, you know, phone calls. It's like I've got to be clear how this is impacting my emotional health. Because mm-hmm. it yeah. is. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much. I feel honestly, like, genuinely, you're like a real role model. Like, that's it's, it's really beautiful. No. I, I, I'm grateful no, for your existence. I, I'm, I'm not a role model. I'm, really, I'm, only, I'm only an ally. Well, you're like, yeah, you're, you're you're leading from the side or from behind or whatever. You're leading. You're you're a part of it. And, you're well, part of the, part of the tribe. I'm on a quest too, but I, you know, I cringe at the other thought because. You know, listen, it, it, it's everything in life. Like, there's people ahead of me where I go, okay, they're doing that really well. I'm going to learn from that. If at times I could provide moments of that for somebody, that'd be great. But it's like I'm on the quest, and, I, and, and I'm an ally, and my goal is, is, is not to be a role model in that way because I think we have to feel like we just are as clueless as we really are so we can keep on, you know? Yeah, that I would call you a role or any person a role model is because it, it seems apparent that you continue to question um, everything. And so, oh, yeah. it, you know, so to me, that's a role model, like someone that's like, okay. 
isn't too full of themselves. And it's just like, no matter what, I'm still just trying to figure this thing out. To me, I'm like, oh, man, oh, good. You're like a human being. That's good. (laughs) We need more. uh, and then, like, the higher you go up, right, whether it's in years or experience, you're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, throw in some kids and throw on some aging and throw in a couple other things, and you're like, yep, keep on asking the questions. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so as far as – so that's perfect for the book. Um, and as far as for people listening, is there – what's in this direction to point people? What's what's interesting in your world for, to point people to? Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean – um, well, Laird and I have CT life and, and um, you know, have social media. But listen, I feel that if people want to find you, you they will. And, and um, I can just leave it at that. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for the conversation. And, okay. uh, yeah, let me know what's up with Laird. And, and we'll, yeah, I'm, I'm chilling okay. whatever we do. Thank you so much for tuning in that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, we got a couple things to help support that body of yours, one of which is the Align Band that people have been really loving, which I'm super grateful for. Um, it is a heavy-duty resistance band, comes along with a door anchor, traveling case, and then a online video guide on how to use that thing. It's my absolute go-to travel tool. I've got it hanging literally from my door right beside me now. Um, use it regularly. Use it with clients. Uh, it can be found at Align Podcast com slash gear uh, on Amazon and you can also find it line band on Instagram um, also we finally did it. We created the Align Method online program, which focuses on unwinding the patterns of staring into technology, essentially. So forward head posture, rolled forward shoulders, rolled forward spine, kind of like just that hunchy posture thing that um, modern world is, is stricken by, uh, gets into how to align your physical body. So self-care, joint by joint, from ankle to knee to hip to spine to head to neck, etc. Really good stuff. Also gets into lifestyle, um, gets into morning routines, nighttime routines, how to effectively handstand, how to move on the ground. Um, People have been loving that. Thank you all for grabbing it, the ones that have. And if people have any questions about that, you can reach out at Align Podcast on Instagram. I'm happy to support. All right. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your day. Thanks for joining you. Thanks for telling your friends. Thanks for reviews on iTunes. That's it. Pow.